Christmas at St Paul's in 1940 was as normal as it could be, considering it was wartime. Services were held, worshippers attended, and in general people went about their business as best they could. This, however, would all change on the evening of December 29th. evening a German bombing raid caused what became known as the Second Great Fire of London. The attack targeted the City of London, where the high explosive and incendiary bombs started a firestorm that destroyed an even greater area than that devastated by the Great Fire of 1666. The conflagration stretched from Islington to the edges of St Paul's and firefighters battled the blaze until the following afternoon. 19 historic churches and 31 guild halls were destroyed. Although St Paul's was saved by the efforts of the firemen and the St Paul's Watch, who have an episode of this podcast entirely devoted to them and the work they carried out to protect the cathedral. Series 1, Episode 2 is where to find it. The attack on December the 29th led to 160 deaths and resulted in 44 awards for gallantry, comprising 1 MBE, 8 George Medals, 22 British Empire Medals and 13 Commendations for Brave Conduct. One first-hand account of the events from fireman George Bridgeford can be found in the Museum of London collection in the form of a letter to his wife. Darling, it's impossible to describe the scene. It seemed as if the whole of London was on fire. The Great Fire of London was nothing like it. We pumped water up from the Thames about two miles away. We fought the fires till we could hardly hold the hose, and then we had a rest for a while, and back at it we went. Another harrowing yet fascinating account can be found in the book St Paul's Cathedral in Wartime by W.R. Matthews, the Dean of St Paul's during the war and who was in the cathedral on the night of the 29th. He stated, In half an hour fires were raging on every side of the cathedral, but we had no leisure to contemplate the magnificent though terrible spectacle, for many bombs had fallen simultaneously on different parts of the cathedral roofs. Watchers on the roof of the Daily Telegraph building on Fleet Street, who had a full view of St Paul's from the west, thought that the cathedral was doomed, and told us later that a veritable cascade of bombs was seen to hit and glance off the dome. The Dean would go on to say that, whilst the whole sky over the city was brighter than day with the flames that were leaping all around St Paul's, Mr. Churchill sent a message to the Guild Hall that the cathedral must be saved at all costs. The Guild Hall sent the message on to us. We were grateful for this voice from the outside assuring us that the thoughts of many were with us that night, though it would not be true to say that the watch was spurred to greater efforts, for it was already extended to the limit of human endurance. 
Amidst all this turmoil, one of the most famous wartime photographs would be taken. From the roof of the Daily Mail offices on Fleet Street, press photographer Herbert Mason took what would become the defining image of the Blitz. St Paul's emerging defiantly from the smoke of surrounding burning buildings. The image appeared in the Daily Mail two days later under the headline, War's Greatest Picture. St Paul's stands unharmed in the midst of the burning city. Ironically, only four weeks later, the photograph was reproduced by the Berliner Illustrate Zeitung, who used it not to show the resilience of the Blitz city, but rather how London was apparently burning to the ground. Herbert Mason would later go on to say, I focused at intervals as the great dome loomed up through the smoke. The glare of many fires and sweeping clouds of smoke kept hiding the shape. Then a wind sprang up. Suddenly the shining cross, dome and towers stood out like a symbol in the inferno. The scene was unbelievable. In that moment or two, I released my shutter. It would become, and continues to be, an enduring symbol for the nation. In 2015, to mark the 75th anniversary of the photograph, new research was undertaken by cultural historian Dr Tom Albison from Swansea University, who made the point that, to a British audience, the building was a visual token of nothing short of civilization itself. He further stated that St Paul's was perfectly suited to being a significant wartime symbol, as it was a place of worship whose destruction would be sacrilege, a symbol of London as the capital of the British Empire, and an emblem of the Great Fire of 1666, from which it had arisen as a phoenix. The Christmas period of 1940 is one that will never be forgotten in the history of St Paul's, or indeed that of the nation. Sadly, yet somewhat inevitably, war around the world does not cease. But St Paul's still stands, and still is, a monument to hope, resilience, peace and understanding.